Trish told Cass that she needs to check out some books on self-awareness, but she forgot to tell her where to go to get them. The best place for books on everything you need is Amazon.com. Get the best deals on everything you need and help support Survivor podcasts like this when you start your shopping at RobHasAWebsite.com slash Amazon. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sisternoon here with another Survivor Kagiyan exit interview. And this is going to be the last regular Thursday interview that we do for Survivor Kagiyan because next week is the finale of Survivor and that's going to be on Wednesday, May 21st. And then next Thursday we will have interviews with the entire final four of Survivor Kagiyan. So that's going to be very exciting. But today what we've got is Trish Hegarty who came in fifth place on Survivor Kagiyan ends up getting blindsided not just by Wu but also it turns out by Tony so I'm sure she's going to have a lot to say we know she is not passive aggressive she's aggressive aggressive and hopefully she's going to have a lot to say about everything that went on last night Stephen Fishback and I tried to figure out what was going on it was basically steven trying to help me get inside the heads of the survivor players which can be a scary place to go sometimes but i think that we are starting to really triangulate where everybody is coming from and i'm going to talk more on our thursday recap i think i finally figured out what's going on so i'll talk about that more with my guests today who's going to be John Cochran, who is actually a writer on the CBS TV show, The Millers, and also he's the winner of Survivor Caramon. So we're going to have him here, and then we're going to get your voicemails with the first lady of podcasting, Nicole Sisternino. That's going to be all today on RobHasAWebsite.com. So make sure you're locked in at RobHasAWebsite.com slash iTunes or click the podcast tab for all the different ways to subscribe. And of course, we hope you get your voicemails in as well. Go to robiswebsite.com slash voicemail or call them in at 323-282-RHAP. All right. So we also have the Rob has a podcast fan favorite player of the season, which the voting is going on now at robiswebsite.com slash P-O-T-S. And also be sure to stick around after the exit interview with Trish when Jordan Kalish is going to be my guest to recount some of the finales from this week in Survivor history. So jam-packed show. Let's go ahead. I see that we have Trish on the line. Let's go ahead and patch her in. Trish, are you there? Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, Trish. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, Trish. Well, very excited to talk to you today because a lot of people were very confused at the end of last night's Tribal Council. And I don't know, you might be one of them too, though. I was definitely blindsided. I had no idea I was going home. Um, but I, I understood the move after, you know, I got back to Ponderosa and had a chance to think about it. I understood why Tony did what he did. Okay. Yeah, I got to watch the Ponderosa videos, too, and I think I got to see a little bit of how that thought process went through. So we're going to talk about all that here today. So what was your reaction to finding out that Tony had voted for you uh, either, I guess, at Ponderosa or finding watching the episode last night? I was devastated <laughs> just because I, I just never thought that he would put my name down. I just never thought he'd put my name down. And I was so upset about that. But afterwards, I, I'm a very, I'm, I'm, I'm a very honorable person and I'm, I'm somebody who stands by my word. And Tony 
didn't want to put my name down, but he put my name down because he thought that I would think he was a wimp because he was planning on taking me out. So he thought that I, w- I would have thought he didn't have honor enough to put my name down. So that's why he put my name down. And I was like, why did you put my name down? You know, and he was like, because I thought that you wouldn't respect me if I didn't. So, you know, he was... He was he was he was trying to honor me by putting my name down. As 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 weird as that sounds, I know exactly what he was thinking, and I know he he knows how I think, and he was kind of dead on. But I was more hurt that he put my name down. But I was over it very quickly. Yeah, I I definitely got that from seeing you in in the Ponderosa videos. But that just doesn't make sense to me because why not vote with you? Even if he sort of put two and two together that you were going to get voted out. I mean, isn't it better to vote vote at least with you and you guys still you still are the one that goes home if that's ultimately what he wanted? I I think yes, I do think that. But again, I think that Tony felt so bad that he was sending me home that he was trying to respect me. Like if he voted with me, but he knew I was going home, like he, he, I would have been, he thinks he thought I would be more upset by that. He, he made that move to try. He wrote my name down because he knew that I want, he wanted me to go home because I was a threat and he didn't want me to look back and say, what a wimp Tony is. He knew he was putting me out and he didn't put my name down. He thought that that's what he thought that I was going to think. Okay. So you said that you were very surprised to go home, but did you have any sense that Wu was working with Spencer and Cass at this point? It was one time at that last day that I was sort of saying to Spencer, oh my gosh, Cass is making my skin crawl. I can't stand it. And Wu looked up and he had the weirdest look on his face. I can still remember to this very day. His eyes were as big as saucers. And I think he thought, looking back now, that Spencer was working me, was talking to me about strategy. And at that moment, I was like, that's a weird look on his face. And I did think at that moment that he had flipped. But I wasn't sure. And, and, and then tribal council was like 45 minutes later. So that was the only time that I actually thought, had a sense that maybe he had, you know, had flipped. Now, you were with Tony this whole time. He has these two idols. If you're starting to know that Tony isn't going to get the votes because he has the idols, did you guys have any conversation with Tony about maybe give me one of those idols that you have? Well, he had all along said that he was going to use the idol for me, but in the end, he, he was afraid that I was going to beat him. So why would he use the idol for me when he wanted me out? <laughs> yeah. You know? I know. I know. It's it, it's tough. I feel like, though, that he's going to be a target here at the at the final four, but we'll see how that all plays out in the finale on, on Wednesday. So after Tony blindsided you two times here after the merge, one time when he gets rid of LJ without you knowing about it, and the second time with Jeffra, is there any part of you that's upset with yourself for trusting him a third time? No, because, you know, I've thought about this a lot. And the, the bottom line is, is that, no, I don't, because I was in a really, I was in a tough spot. Um, Tosh and Jeremiah and all those guys were in alliance, and then I was in my alliance. Tony told me everything. I knew what his finals, I knew what his special idol could do. I knew he had the two idols. And it would have been silly for me to bail on Tony at that point to be, to do a cast and flip and then be at the bottom of Tosh and Spencer's alliance. I knew I couldn't beat Spencer in the final. I knew I couldn't beat Tosh. Nobody could because they were very close to the um, jury and they had won all the, um, a lot of the, um, you know, Spencer played a great game. Um, Tosh won a couple. Tosh won some immunities, yeah. and that was her game. She won three immunities, and that's pretty much the game she played. But Spencer played the game, and he won immunities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, 
I think up against that, um, it would have been really difficult to, for me to, to, to beat them. So I, my whole philosophy was I was going to stick with Tony to the end because I was loyal to him and I thought that he was loyal to me and sitting next to either him or Cass, I felt like I had a chance. If I had sat next to Cass, anybody that sat in that tri- sits in the final two next to Cass, they win, win hands down because nobody would give her an ant farm. Nobody would give that girl a nickel. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, so you're going to win against, if you sit with Cass in the end, you win. Okay. And so anyone who's smart enough to go to the end with Cass, absolutely, even if Tony screwed everyone, he still gets a million dollars. All right, let's no question. Let's talk about Cass a little bit. Now, I'm curious to know if in the moment you saw some of the reactions that Cass had to you being voted out. First, she sort of like cheers when you're the one to go home. And then she flipped you the bird on the way out, which I, I know. Isn't that, isn't that classy? <laughs> it's so classy. I don't recall seeing that too much at Trial Council. So did you see <laughs> that in the moment or did you only see that on TV last night? No, they told me when I got back to Tribal Con- when I got back to Ponderosa they were like, Cass flipped you off and I was like, oh well, I don't, I don't it didn't affect me. She's a loose cannon with, with, with not an ounce of pride, without an ounce of class without an ounce of, she, she just had nothing that I'd be looking for I, I could care less. She made a fool of herself and that's fine for me. How did this go downhill so fast? Because it was only a couple episodes ago that it seemed like you guys were very, very tight and maybe even like potentially going to go off and start this women's alliance uh, without Tony. And it seemed like you guys were sort of in lockstep basically from when you convinced her to vote with you guys. So when did this all go downhill with Cass? Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to give myself a really good um, compliment here and tell you that I should go for the Academy Award of Survivor because I loathed Cass from the second I met her. <laughs> I loathed her, and Tony made me be nice to her. He kept saying to me, "You have to be nice to her. You have to be nice to her," because we wanted to go to the end with her. So I was working it. I never liked her. I never trusted her. I couldn't stand my conversations with her. I sucked it up until that last moment. Then when I heard her talking about me, I just I just completely lost it. Trust me, if Tony hadn't been in my ear every five seconds saying, be nice to her, be nice to her, I would have snapped way earlier than I did. Did you regret any of the things that you said to Cass in the episode this week? No, because she deserved it all. It was all all fact and truth. I speak truth. (laughs) Who would you rather spend 39 days with on an island, Cass or Lindsay? Absolutely, hands down, Lindsay. Oh my God. (laughs) Without question, Lindsay. Oh because, my god. You know, the thing about Lindsay is that like what you didn't see is that you know even though Lindsay, you know, made I mean everybody had a blast with my eyes, my teeth, my mouth, my laugh, you know, everybody had had something to go at for me physically, which is very childish, you know. You know that's what you do when you're in kindergarten. I can't see in your mouth and I can't see in your eyes and you know, I'll see you at circle time. You know what I mean? Like are we adults here or are we children, you know? Like when I went in for the fight, I didn't say, "Hey Lindsay, I hate your tattoos and your hair." You know, I just said, "Listen, we're on a team." I tried to explain that to her, but Lindsay and I, you know, we were, she was a single parent like I was, um, she was athletic. We had, you know, she had played, you know, soccer and things like that. Like there were things that we had in common. Lindsay actually had a pretty good personality. She could be pretty funny. She was funny. You know, I didn't, I wasn't bothered by Lindsay. What bothered me was that her and Cliff thought that they owned the game and they were just in an alliance by themselves. They were just, they just didn't, they obviously didn't have a clue. And, um, she had been pretty nasty to me. So that's why I kind of snapped on her, but I wasn't planning on snapping on her when I did. I was planning on saying, Hey, we're on I know you don't like me and I don't like you, but we're on the same team. But she, wouldn't let me speak and then you know you back someone like me up into a corner and i'm gonna 
I'm going to defend myself. You know what I mean? So that's what happened. But all in all, I can't say that I didn't like Lindsay. You know what I mean? I can tell you that I didn't like Cass. I, I, I'd love to be a bigger, better person here and say, hey, I love everyone and I'm a peaceful person. And for the most part, I do. But there is nothing about Cass McQuillan I like. Not today, not tomorrow, not 20 years from now. She could say she was so, sorry 50 different ways. I, I just, just, just watching her walk in the show makes my skin crawl. Do you think she will say she's sorry? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't no. think so either. Did you buy the justification that Lindsay had for leaving the game at that point where she felt like she was going to hurt you if she stayed in the game and that was a good reason to leave? Do you think I bought that? <laughs> <laughs> no. This is the thing about me. Is I'm 115 pounds soaking wet, but there is something about me I don't know what it is. And everyone says, when I get angry, I'm scary. I don't mean to be, but I am. I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. I really am not. And I never have been. And it's, it's a kind of a problem because I always end up getting myself in trouble because I'm not afraid. And I think that when somebody like Lindsay gets, steps out of her in the morning, she's pretty scary. She's got tattoos from her earlobes to her ankles. She's got that hair going. You know, for the most part, people would be pretty intimidated by her. She's a pretty, you know, she's a mus- muscly woman. She's intimidating. And I was not afraid of her at all, and she knew that. And I think that scared her, that I wasn't afraid of her, because I think she's used to people being afraid, you know. She was like, oh, I'll kick this one's ass and kick that one's ass. I don't have to say that, you know what I mean? But I would if I had to, but I don't, I don't walk around saying that. But we got in that fight. I let her know, I'm not backing down from you. And I think she was afraid, and I think she used that as an excuse because she knew that she, her days were numbered. Effing Boston, right? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched your uh, Ponderosa videos and, and your videos from the day after the game. And I actually thought it was kind of interesting that towards the end of the Ponderosa video, and I'm not sure if you've seen this yet, that there's a clip of LJ and Jeremiah talking about you. And they're basically saying that they've sort of lost some respect for you because you seem so happy to be out of the game. And the fact that you seemed happy that you were out made them feel like that they didn't think you were as good of a player as somebody who would be devastated to, to be out. Did you know about that? And I would love to hear your response to that. No, actually, I'm hearing this for the first time, and I that's fine if that's, you know, everybody comes from their own perspective and their own opinion, you know, and, and I, that's okay if they felt that way, but I was a little, I was a little disgusted that they were so disc- disgruntled and angry about it. I, it I, I felt the complete difference. It's like, okay, I didn't win the game, and I'm okay with that. You walk in with 18 people, one person's going to come out a winner. Are you going to sit around and cry about it and lick your wounds and still be angry about it eight months later that you didn't win like some of these people are well that's your choice but I choose I got an opportunity to be in a game I lost I didn't win and my life experiences tell me that's okay yeah. <laughs> you know what, if they wanted me to go back and cry and be miserable and they would have had more respect for them that's great but I probably would have had more respect to them if they weren't so disgruntled and angry so it's mutual I also want to give you some credit because I felt like your best move in the game was back at final eight when Jeffro was going to go off and go flip with or potentially flip with Spencer and Tasha and Jeremiah at that point. But you were able to talk her back into the fold and I felt like you were very perceptive on reading Jeffra. Can you talk a little bit more about how you were able to tell that she was about to flip on you guys? She just 
she came back. She just had this really weird look on her face. She kept looking like she was about to cry. And Jeffrey and I were very close out there. And I am a very good gear of people. So I just, you know, I, I felt bad for her because she was my friend. And I was like, are you okay? You know, I, I, I just kind of knew something wasn't right. Um, so I just, and then I just, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, I felt a little bit bad about that because then I convinced her to come back over and then Tony got her out. So I was feeling a little guilty about that, to be perfectly honest. Because I didn't get her over so she could get blindsided. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put her back yeah. in, ha- but, in harm's way, I, unknowingly. You know, I, yeah, I've, all, I've always had a good gift with people and a good read on people. And I've always been able to get along. Like some of these parties I've had, like people are cracking up because I have everything from, you know, people on like motorcycle people. Like I can get along with anybody. I can get along with absolutely anybody. For the, well, for like, except for Lindsay and Gap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last last question. There was a great secret scene. Uh, I think it was last week about you guys were talking in the water about the biggest move of the game, and it was you and Cass and Tasha, and you guys had agreed that the biggest move of the game was Cass's flip. And whose move that was? Was it Cass's move for flipping, or was it your move for getting Cass to flip? Whose move was it? Okay, first of all, the only reason why I said that that day is because Cass was such a child that if you didn't constantly tell her how great she was and how good she was doing and how awesome she was at the game, she would flip out. So when she, when Tasha asked me that, what do you think? I didn't think that was the biggest move of the game. I just said that to just... Just, just to shut Cass up, <laughs> so so Cass wouldn't go off. I, I didn't, I just didn't want to listen to her. So I said, "Here you go, Cass. Here's your bone for the day. Here you go, over in circle time. Here's your bone. You made the best move of the day. Plus, I was trying to get her to come along with Tony and I. So I was trying to, you know, like, I, and that was one way that you could get to Cass by telling her how great she was because she loved hearing how great she was. But why not then I, say that it was her move? Because in the water, you were saying it was your move. Well, I, because I know what I, I didn't say. I said I offered her. I wasn't owning that. And I said that I'm not saying that I made the move. I'm just saying that I gave her the opportunity to come over. Okay. You know, and then Cass had to jump in and be like, well, I didn't need it. And just her, I got into it with her because she's so freaking nasty. You can't help yourself to get down to her level when you're dealing with her. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fireworks at the finale. I can't wait to see it. All right, Trish, thank you so much for coming on. Okay. All the best. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Trish Hegarty here on Rob Has a Podcast. Seems like there's going to be some fireworks at the reunion. I really am start, starting to feel that way. And there's also going to be some new format changes to the reunion, which I want to talk about in the main podcast later on this afternoon. Before we get to Jordan Kalish, I want to take a moment to talk about something that I rarely ever talk about, which is our RHAP tree mail that I want to start getting that out to you guys on a more regular basis where I want to sort of give you sort of a wrap up of the weekend review on Rob has a podcast and tell you about some of the shows that we've done that I'm really proud of and some of the blogs from our bloggers and all the other stuff that we have going on on Rob has a website. So if you want to sign up for our weekly newsletter from Rob has a podcast. You can do so anytime at Rob has a website.com slash newsletter, or you could sign up in the sidebar on Rob has a website.com. All right, everybody for one more time here in the survivor season, we are going to go back into the history books and we are going to take a look at some of the things that happened on this week in survivor history with our buddy, Jordan Kalish. 
Hey, Rob, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, I am I am also great. I am very excited to talk about uh, this week in Survivor history because we have the majority of our spring season finales this week. Okay, that is a very, very busy week. Typically, Mother's Day is the Survivor finale, and this year it is late. And so we get some bonus Survivor, but that's not always been the case in the past. So we already know that the Survivor Australia finale happened. So let's go back into the time machine. Let's set up our flux capacitors. And where are we going? Uh, first, we're going to Survivor Marquesas, and this is actually the only season from this week that also ended late. Uh, this is 2002, May 16th, and I believe it probably ended late also because of the Olympics that year. Um, so here we have the uh, the final five. Um, the people left in the game are Kathy Favrick O'Brien, and she's kind of the swing vote because you have the two the two groups of uh, Nalia and Pascal, who we talked who we spoke about last week, and Vesepia and Sean. And there was some talk earlier in the episode where I think Pascal and Nalia kind of made the assumption that uh, that Vesepia and Sean had made their alliance based off of uh, racial lines. And they, they had a discussion in the shelter. And this was kind of surprising because the five of them seemed pretty tight. Uh, so it kind of came out of nowhere that they were uh, kind of, I, I think they were trying to get Kathy on their side, obviously, but they were accusing Sean and Vesepia of being aligned, but based on the fact that they were the two African-American contestants. Um, so Sean wins the, uh, the the car challenge in this episode. He, he wins a Saturn View, which is actually the car that I drive. Oh. And yes, uh, I was I was very surprised when I was looking back and I and I noticed that um, mine is a 2005 Saturn View, so three years newer than Sean Rector's. Okay. Uh, um, so Kathy uh, at Tribal Council, Kathy chooses to go with Nalia and Pascal, and Sean gets voted out, and it looks like Vesepia is on the outs. Um, so I, I won't give any spoilers for next week though okay um the whole idea of v and sean like people like them being mad that people thought they have an alliance like i had rewatched that a couple of years ago and i felt like it would seem very silly that they were upset people thought they had an alliance so like what are you talking about that v and i have an alliance sean was saying right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was like it was, they were. Well, weren't you guys together the whole game? Like, why is this like crazy talk for people to think that those two have an alliance? Yeah, I mean, it was an obvious alliance, and it has nothing to do with the fact that they're the same race. They just were two people that had worked together the whole game. So, I mean, I I could see why Kathy would make the decision to go to with uh, Nalia and Pascal because I mean, they, they were both very tight groups of two. But I think she just felt that you know, Sean just won this car challenge. He might win all the rest of these challenges. Uh, I need to get this guy out of the game. Yeah, not only were they together the whole game, but the other three were also together the whole game. And then, you know, that, that V and Sean had a lot in common, that they were both always talking about the the God stuff also from Survivor Marquesas. So uh, I, I just always thought that was kind of a crazy argument to think like, uh, how, how could you say we have an alliance? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And uh well, Kathy, Kathy made, I, I would guess, the right decision to go with maybe the, the, the group of two that isn't as threatening physically. Yeah. All right. So we're, we were only at final five in Marquesas, not even final four? No, this is the final five. There's a whole, there's a whole, the finale is the next week. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. So there's a little bit more to talk about next week. Okay. All right. What else happened this week in Survivor history? 
Okay, so we have Survivor the Amazon. This is the finale. It is May 11th, 2003. Oh, also, you left out the part where very famously Pascal called Sean disingenuous. I oh yes I I did forgot forget to uh, talk about that but that was a um, big fight at tri- one big, of the biggest big, fights at tribal council to that point yeah I I don't know why I didn't include that it was a pretty uh, pretty big fight uh, fight like like you said and uh, Pascal didn't seem like the guy that you'd expect to get in a fight at tribal council but he did in this episode yeah he was pissed yeah so yeah no no one likes to be called disingenuous yeah. So now, uh, like I said before, we have Survivor the Amazon, and I have a lot of notes on this. I mean, you could obviously give more insight than I can on this uh, on this season, but so do you want me to break things down, um, and then you want to just uh, chime in whenever something something comes across that you remember from this episode? Sure. Set it up. Okay, so we we have the final four. Uh, you had just voted out Heidi, um, thinking that uh, she was a bigger threat than Jenna. Uh, so now you have you, Butch, Matt, and uh, and Jenna. Right. So obviously Jenna's the next to go, but she wins the first immunity challenge of this episode, and uh, Butch is voted out. Um, before there, there was actually a scene before uh, tribal council though, where Matt makes a final two alliance with Jenna. And did you have any idea that Matt was doing this or did, was it really behind your back and you had no idea? Like I realized that they were getting close together, but I really didn't think that there would, I I didn't think things were going to play out the way that they ultimately did. And, And I had only seen four seasons of survivor at this point. And, in the four seasons of Survivor that I had seen, either the third or the next to last challenge is we're going to ask you trivia questions about the other people you played with. And I'm like, I'm going to win that. So mm. I really didn't think that there would be the scenario that ended up happening. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Like, um, you know, I figured like Matt is, is just like covering his bases. And I felt, felt like Jenna isn't going to take me anyway if, if we get to the final. So whatever. Like, okay, sure, take Matt. But it's not going to matter because she's not going to win the final immunity. Mm. So I... I kind of suspected that's what was going on. And I had even said to Jen, I don't think that this is in the show, but I had said to her, you know, basically I was like, you know, Jenna, you'll probably win if we go to the end. She was like, yeah, right. (laughs) And so, you know, what could I do? You know, she was Uh taking, she was taking him anyway, if we got to the end. So I kind of, you know, figured that was what the case was. But did I know to what, to like that Matt, um, was like courting her? Not, not really, but she was already taking him. Okay. And and were there ever any plans to vote Matt out at the final four instead of Butch? Uh, no, no, I never, uh, I never thought about that because I wanted to go to the end with Matt. I mean, in hindsight, like I, you know, we really didn't never, thought about like at least at that time like the idea of oh let's take the the goat to the end because nobody nobody likes that person we'll take them to the end sure richard went with kelly but you know the idea of dragging like a somebody like a butch who really had you know had nothing going on was like you know had this been now then you might say like oh yeah definitely take butch to the end because he's not gonna Mm -hmm. get any votes but for whatever reason that really never occurred to me butch was always like you know more of matt's ally than mine 
Mm-hmm. And he believed in himself. He believed he believed in himself. But really, that was the best final three ever of me and Matt and Butch because that really would have been, um, you know, just a real just a real home run to go to the end with either of those guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't see either of them. Well, they probably would have gotten each other's votes, but I don't see them getting anybody else's votes at the end. Yeah. And really, and when you go back and look at things from where I was, Jenna, I'm at the final four with Matt and Butch and Jenna, who wants to quit the game. She wants to quit. (laughs) So I'm feeling very good about how things, uh, how things, uh, broke out. And I don't know if I, if I've, uh, ever talked about this before, but so it's like Jenna wants to quit and we all like go to like the final four challenge. And it was sort of like a foregone conclusion of like, all right, Jenna, well, you're, you're going home tonight. And like, you know, Mark Burnett is there and he like came and like said something to like all of us, like after the fact. And like, it turned out like that Jenna told us after the fact, like Mark Burnett was like, Jenna, you can do this. Like, don't like, like he like gave her like a, like he like pumped her up and gave her like a pep talk. And then she ends up winning the next two challenges. I was like, thanks a lot, Mark Burnett. You think that really played into her winning the challenges though? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it didn't hurt. Yeah, that's, that, that is true. I mean, it, it, it it's so hard to predict things like who's going to win future challenges, especially when it's someone like Jenna, who really hadn't done much in the previous challenges. So it's really crazy the way that things worked out in this episode. But I was annoyed because he wasn't like, Rob, you've got this. You can do it. Bring it home. <laughs> well, maybe he he wanted you to be the best player to never win. <laughs> I, maybe. Maybe that was it. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, so now that there's three people left, Butch is gone. Um, there's some interesting things that happened actually before the final immunity challenge. First of all, they send you a, a hold on, one, you know, Hold on one second. Can we just go back to the final four? Why didn't they vote me out? Like, I really like, um, I'm like, it's like final four. I was wondering too. And I'm like, oh, like I'm screwed. Now I'm going to get voted out. And, and um, they were like, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, I think, you know, it's, well, I guess Butch has got to go. And everybody's like, okay, uh-huh. let's go, go with that plan. I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. And then Matt went and told Butch that he was going to get voted out. Like he didn't want to blindside him. And then, uh, Butch like, uh, punched a tree. Like Matt brought him over and was like, oh, Butch, I'm sorry. You're going to get voted out. And like, uh, Butch, you just, Butch just like, ah, and he punched a tree. But then he was fine after that. Uh, that's like, um, who, who did that in the playoffs once? I believe it was, um, Kevin Brown. Yes, it was Kevin Brown. <laughs> well, Butch didn't break his hand. He didn't break his okay. firewood hand. <laughs> All right. So where, where are we starting? Final, from final three, you said. Okay, so anyway, we have the the final three. It is you, Matt, and Jenna. And there's some interesting things that happen uh, before the challenge. First of all, they sent you a scale at tree mail, and you guys were all pretty pretty amazed by how much weight you lost. And then they put you guys on a seaplane to see uh, a bird's eye view of the Amazon. Yeah. And did you did you enjoy the the ride? No, not really. <laughs> I, I mean, it was cool. Like 
the I mean the whole thing with the scale was kind of weird because I don't, I kind of feel like it wasn't in pounds it was like in stones I feel like <laughs> I thought we had to do like some sort of like a conversion also uh. <laughs> but that was fine like that killed like a couple of minutes and then they told us that day is like okay you're gonna have your immunity challenge at night I'm like oh okay great challenge at night boom give me the pad and uh i'm gonna win immunity right here when i'm gonna know more than either jenna who hated half the people and didn't know anything about them and matt <laughs> who didn't know anything about anybody else in, in the game we're like, okay perfect and so we're gonna have a challenge at nighttime so i'm all excited for that and then they said okay you're gonna go on a plane and go on there so it was really cool when the plane took off but we were like in the air for like an hour and a half and oh, it was wow. it was it was getting kind of boring Okay. You know, once it's like, oh, look, hey, look down there. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, you know, it, it's like, you know, how long can you look out the window on a plane? So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. I bet, I bet Matt loved it, though. It seems like Matt something that's right it. up Matt, his alley. Matt was in the front seat of the airplane, and he was like, we're like, okay, let's let Matt sit up there. He could talk to the pilot. And then Jenna and I were in the back seat, and we were, like, joking around, and we had, like, uh-huh. we had, like, a magazine, in, and, we you know, you're on Survivor for 38 days, and, and like, <laughs> things like a magazine are really interesting. It's like, oh, look at that. We were, like, flipping mm-hmm. through the pages in the magazine, like, oh, man. Like, there's, like, an ad for stuff or like oh <laughs> so we like spent more time like lo- looking at the magazine than <laughs> looking out the window uh so so what you're saying is matt was chilling in the front seat and you guys were kicking in the back the back seat that's right that's right so matt was in, most interested in what was going on in the airplane uh so was rebecca black sitting bitch in the back in the back with you guys i don't think rebecca black was born yet <laughs> i think you're probably right yeah and it was so, not a friday either oh no it was a uh well the episode was on a sunday um yes but the actual day of the week i don't think was a friday uh, okay so anyway you guys get to you see so you find out the challenge is at night you go into tribal council at what point do you realize that it's not the challenge that you thought it was going to be it was going to be a balancing challenge where you had to hold a headdress uh over your head right when i see the the stupid thing behind me that's a a big tip off of what of what's going on because i wouldn't have like they're like okay you're gonna do the amazon customs and like and i wouldn't have put on so many stupid beads and things on my head like you know mm. it was you know i'm wearing like necklaces around my arm and stuff like that so it wasn't like a super comfortable thing like that we would have done if i would have suspected that we were doing you know not what i expected i wouldn't have uh put on as much of the brazilian tribesman garb as i ultimately was wearing <laughs> would they have let you not put all the stuff on or would it would a production have been like hey, rob you, you gotta you gotta dress like this for the challenge i think i would have maybe done that as much like all right Did give me ever- a little face paint whatever uh, did you ever think about trying to take all the beads and stuff off when you found out what the challenge was? No, I, I didn't really uh, think too much. I, I was trying to be focused on what I was doing and not like uh, like th- taking everything off. Uh, and the jury's there too, watching you. That could have looked kind of kind of bad if uh, you're taking all these beads off before the challenge starts, and the jury's yeah. like, "What the, what the hell is, the record, is this guy?" Doing? In 28 seasons, the one and only time there's ever an endurance competition at Tribal Council. 
You know, yeah, every, I mean, every other tri- I, challenge they've ever done, tribal council. Okay, uh, here's a here's a cube. Is it A, B, C, or D, or is it? Um, you know, they did a memory challenge there at tribal council once. Like, it really does not. They do not have immunity challenges at tribal council. <laughs> no, and they've n- never done it ever again. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't happen, and unfortunately, uh, in this challenge, Matt. Okay, so Matt goes out first and he has this, you know, he has this whole confessional where he said he lost on purpose because he knew whoever lost was going to take him to the end. Is this true that Matt said this or is this more like a Jervis thing where Jervis is like, oh, I, 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 uh, I pretended to be bad at swimming uh, in Survivor Blood versus Water, but really it looked like he was actually really struggling. Did Matt lose that challenge on purpose? I think he did. I think he did lose that challenge on purpose. And that annoyed me that he lost it on purpose because... Mm -hmm. I think that I would have, I would have had more, you know, one, it was like not super believable because, and that, and that sort of like ticked me off in the moment that he did that after. Cause I figured, okay, we got two shots to beat Jenna. And he, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be like Richard Hatch. Or I don't even know, even know if he knew who Richard Hatch was, but he's mm-hmm. like, oh, they're both going to take me. So I'm not going to try to win this one. So I don't have to get any blood on my hands. But in reality, it's like, I could, you know, it was obvious to me that he didn't try to win it. And so that was almost more blood on his hands than had he had balls about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, won the challenge and then, you know, did a uh, did a John from Big Brother Canada and basically said, Rob, I'm voting you out tonight because, you know, that. I know to win the game. That's this is what I have to do. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of like a wussy way to go about it. And it was also so super unconvincing because he had done so well in the previous balance challenge that, that we did. So I didn't, that, that really was not super endearing to me that the way he did that. No. And, and I think from a jury member's perspective and there again, watching the challenge, I'm sure they felt the same way as you, that it would have been a, a much more honorable way to go to the end if he tried to win the challenge. And then if he votes you out, I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's a very common game move to vote out the guy who's the biggest threat to win. But you know um, what, if that's, if that's what your move is and that's what your game is, then the next night at the tribal council say, here's something I did last night. I threw the challenge because I, that was my strategy, you know, just own the move. Like it was sort of like, um, you know, in confessional, but uh, you know, didn't want to, didn't want to say, uh, that he actually, that he actually did that. And then, so I had to sort of go head to head with Jenna and I was actually feeling pretty good because she was super wobbly in the beginning. And then, but then Mm -hmm. she ended up sort of like settling into it. Yeah. And you actually offered to uh, to take her to the end if she uh, if she would have stepped down, yes. but she obviously didn't didn't go for it. Well, I sort of did it backwards. I sort of, <laughs> I was like, Jenna, step off and I'll take you. And she's like, ah, thanks, but no thanks. I, I mean, it, had I done it the other way where I had said, you know, hey, if I jump off, will you take me to the end? You know, maybe she might have considered that for a second. But I, don't, I think she said that she wouldn't even consider that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough. Like when you have Matt sitting there, someone who's so beatable at the end. I think even if she made the promise in the moment, when she thought about it a couple minutes later, when you when you guys were having the tribal council, I just I don't see her not taking Matt, who's such a, a goat. Right. So so anyway, um, Jenna wins the challenge, and yes, thanks for the reminder. 
Yes, I'm, I'm saying, well, this is this week in Survivor history and I won't. And obviously she she cast one vote for you and you go home on day 38. That is correct. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I actually didn't go home. I went to the Ponderosa and went to a toga party that night and had actually a, a very fun night. Oh, that's good. So they were able to uh, to cheer you up over there. Yeah, no, it was actually it was actually a really, really fun night like i was like i wasn't like super like broken up about losing on survivor i was like oh man this was so much fun and then they were like hey we're having a toga party so i was like oh that's awesome and mark <laughs> burnett came and it was really oh, that's awesome so i really like partied on the night that i got voted out of survivor i, I think that's that's probably the way to go about it i mean you're not gonna go you know cry in a corner or whatever yeah um, i really did I enjoy got- my time my 24 hours on the jury i, I had a lot of fun <laughs> You enjoy the 24 hours on the jury more or the 38 days in the game more? Oh, the thir- you know, there are higher highs in the 38 days uh-huh. in the game. But, you know, the fact that you have like food and drink and, and nobody's I, I thought everybody was going to be mad at me and nobody was mad at me on the jury. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, aha, you didn't win either. All right. So do you want to uh, want to start talking about the um, the final tribal council now in Survivor Whoa. the Amazon? Okay, well, what 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 do you want to talk about? That a a stick, a branch almost killed Butch. Maybe that was like the tree gods after Butch punched the tree. Maybe the <laughs> tree gods were like, "Oh yeah, Butch, how about this?" Uh, yes, yeah, so there was there was that, and um, I think one of the uh, most memorable questions from this uh, was when Heidi asked who would be the most deserving to take their spot if they weren't at the end. Uh, they both said you, and Heidi, of course, uh, wanted them to say her, and she asked, "Is there anyone else?" Uh, and they they're just silent. And Jeff um, Jeff's like, "I think we've uh, I think we've covered it, Heidi." Yeah, <laughs> I think we got so, it. So not not Heidi's not Heidi's best moment there. Um, there was actually an interesting moment too, where Christy asked Jenna about the uh, the quote about her beauty being a handicap, which she doesn't remember ever saying it. And when you go back to the the episode where that was said, it was actually you who were who was making a joke about it. You, she never actually used the term handicap. I think that's just sort of how she was talking about it. But Christy attributed that uh, that quote to Jenna, when in fact you were the really the one who said handicap. And I think it's really funny that Christy voted for Jenna here because she, of course, when she left the game she had her her final words saying i'm never i'm never going to vote for one of those evil stepsisters if they make the end that's right and she did christy was very convinced by jenna's argument and said that she was the person who deserved to win the game and gave her her vote to win the million dollars yeah and i also she open and shut case jordan yep and and she she thought that uh that matt was creepy i think (laughs) at one point she did she did (laughs) yes And then there was, of course, um, uh, Dave Johnson asked a question about your in, their inspiration in the game. And uh, Jenna says her mom, pretty conventional answer. And Matt decided to go with uh, with Colin Powell. I love that. That was my favorite moment from the final trial council, because I just imagine that if Colin Powell was a Survivor fan and was watching the show that weekend in may in 2003 that he was just like i'm the crazy guy that's i'm that's me <laughs> yes uh, so colin powell his his first and last ever survivor mention and jenna yeah. wins the game six to one yes that happened 
It yeah. all happens. So Jenna, Jenna wins Survivor. And we also find out that Heidi had the highest IQ of all you guys. <laughs> I think that was them throwing Heidi a bone, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and, so and then we had a nice party and we got to meet all the survivors. And I, I got to say that uh, I have a girlfriend and she doesn't believe anything I say. And now she's <laughs> my wife and she really doesn't believe anything I say. <laughs> The end. All right. Yes. Uh, it, it all it all worked out in the end. It all worked out in the end. Okay. What else you got, Jordan? So now we got Survivor pull out because I, uh, if you remember from last week, we already spoke about the All Stars right, finale. Right. So this is May fifteenth, two thousand five. Um, yeah. First of all, this was kind of kind of sad to go back to because you have uh, Jen Lyon who came in fourth place on that season. She's since uh, passed away uh, from cancer. Um, so it was sad to see her, but it was also it was also nice to go back and and see her at the end because obviously she had a had a really hard time towards the end of her life with her disease. Um, but at the final four, it was actually a tied vote between uh, between Ian and Jen, and Ian won the. Uh, the fire making challenge which is actually how uh, Jen was sent home and when Ian gets back to camp uh, Tom and Katie so now this is the final three Tom and Katie are both really mad at him for breaking the alliance Uh, Ian and Tom had had a really close relationship and it's kind of hard to blame Ian in this situation because you have Tom Westman who is the like dominating the season it really it's really hard to blame Ian for uh, for trying to plan to vote Tom out. I mean, Tom had won the immunity, so they couldn't have gotten rid of him at the final four. Um, but I, I mean, it's hard for me to look at Ian and say, oh, yeah, you're a bad guy for trying to get Tom out. Tom is going to win against anybody. So and for some reason, Katie was mad about this as well. So Tom and Katie are really guilting Ian. Um, uh, into uh, and saying he's a bad guy, which leads to this final immunity challenge. The final three are balancing on these buoys, which are in the water. Uh, after about five hours, Katie goes out. So now we're 12 hours into the challenge. And I don't know why, if Ian's going to do this, I don't know why he waits 12 hours. I, maybe he just had a lot of time to think out there. But he says to Tom, okay, look, I want to regain my honor. I want to I want to be friends with you guys again. I'm going to step down and I want you to vote me out and take Katie to the end. Yeah. And no, they really, he got brainwashed (laughs) out there. And, and I think you, you know, Tom gets most of the credit. Katie probably needs to get an assist, but it's almost like the Eric Reichenbach thing. That's going to happen a few seasons later where it's like, uh, Ian, if you don't, if you don't step down, we're all, everybody's going to hate you and nobody's going to be your friend anymore. And, uh, and so it's like, Oh, fine, fine. God. Yeah, I, th- I think there are a lot of similarities between Ian and Eric Reichenbach, uh, not just the moves that they made in personality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just I just don't get it. I mean, I, I've, I've obviously never played Survivor before, but I just, you know, it, it's it's a it's a game. And that's true. You have to get to the end. You're probably going to have to vote somebody out. But it doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Um, I mean, if Ian were to have gone to the end against Katie, let's say he was able to outlast Tom in this challenge that was the longest challenge in Survivor history, um, Ian, there's a very good shot that Ian beats Katie at the end. I think it, w- it would have been closer. I mean, Tom ends up beating Katie six to one, uh, and I mean, he really just you know wiped the floor with her in the in the final tribal council. But I mean after all this time you're going to, and then after a 12 hour challenge, you're going to step down when you're this close to getting to the end. I just don't get it. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. One, of, one of the strangest things that I think ever happened on Survivor. Yeah, it gets forgot about a lot too. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Palau is one of those, like, I guess, middle school seasons that happened after All-Stars. And uh, people don't really, people, I think, remember the the Eric thing a lot more. But this, I mean, this is, it's it's almost the same move, and it's farther into the game. So to me, it's actually a worse decision than the one that Eric made, even though both of them were obviously terrible game moves. Yeah. You know, you would say... Why not? Why not? You know, try to hang in there a little bit longer. But maybe he wasn't. Maybe that was about all he had left. Maybe instead of jumping off, he was going to go out this way. So hard to say. Yeah, I mean that that could have played into it, but it didn't look like. I mean, Ian was. You know, he he was in very good shape. He was like, you know, he was kind of built to do some of these, like not just the endurance challenges, but all the challenges on Survivor. And I mean, Tom was too. Tom, I mean, Tom was the biggest uh, challenge beast of that season. So Tom may have won it. I just, you know, it didn't look like he had to step down. He looked fine. Uh, I mean, they they both looked tired, but he looked okay. And I think he would have been able to continue. All right, Jordan. What else happened on this week in Survivor history? All right, so we have Survivor uh, Exile Island. This is uh, May 11th, 2006. Uh, we have a final four of Aris or Adas, uh, Adas, Terry, Suri, and Danielle. And this episode actually starts with uh, Suri losing the uh, the, um, the fire making challenge to Danielle because in the in the previous episode you saw that the final four there was a tied vote. Um, Suri, who had arguably played the best strategic game on that season, unfortunately loses the challenge and she goes home. Um, so now we have uh, Danielle, Terry, and Aris. And uh, Terry, who had won basically every immunity challenge that season, and he actually had an advantage in this immunity challenge because he had won a protein-rich meal, uh, I think it was the day before. Um, he It's, it's a, balance, a balance challenge, and we know how some of these, these players deal with the balance challenges. Uh, Terry loses, and uh, Danielle decides to take Aris to the end, uh, th- thinking that she has a better shot. Um, unfortunately for her, she loses to Aris five to two and Aris wins survivor exile Island. Mm-hmm. So not, not too, uh, you know, not, not necessarily the most memorable, uh, finale, but definitely, definitely a good one. And, and Otis is, um, is a good guy and I'm happy he was able to return for blood versus water. Yes. Congratulations to Otis on his win. Uh, and, and Over nobody had to D. call Yes, nobody had to call the ambulance. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, what else happened this week in Survivor history? All right, so moving on to Survivor Fiji, May 13th, 2007. Uh, okay, so last week we spoke about a deal that Yao Man made with Dreams. And the deal, uh, Yao Man won the car challenge. He said to, to Dreams, I'll give you this car if um, if you win, you know, if you win the final four immunity challenge, you give me immunity. And I believe that if Yao Man, if, if Dreams holds his end, end of the bargain because he did win that final uh, four immunity challenge, if he gives that immunity idol to Yao Man, I think dreams probably goes home because i don't think yao man man would have voted out earl um so i think dreams probably goes home and yao man most likely wins the season uh it would have been close maybe with him and earl because earl ends up going to the end and uh sweeping the vote but dreams doesn't hold up his end of the bargain it's a pretty um pretty controversial move uh probably i don't know if it's necessarily the right move for dreams because he wasn't going to beat uh, Earl or Yao Man, but I think there was a chance that he would have gotten voted out at four. And if that were the case, it probably was the right move not to uh, to keep his end of the bargain. But anyway, uh, it's it's pretty memorable. Yao gets screwed out of the car and gets screwed out of the final three. It was Earl- a good move for Dreams because he got a car and 
also, we I don't know how much we would remember about dreams. He wasn't going to beat Earl. And, you know, he got he got a car. Yeah, he got he got a car and he got he got third, uh, tie, well, tied second place because he and Cassandra did not get any votes. Boom. Yeah. So it, it worked. It worked out. Um, there, but there was no way he I mean, he wasn't going to win either way. So it was kind of uh, kind of a season where you, where you knew at the end it was either going to be Yao or Earl winning the game. Earl gets to the end and he sweeps the jury. And Yao Man gets to come back. So it, it was uh, a net win for everybody. Yeah, he gets to come back and he gets to push Johnny Fairplay into a boat. <laughs> that's that's right. That's <laughs> Allegedly. Right. All right, what else happened? Okay, Survivor fans versus favorites. This is Micronesia. Um, May 11th, 2008. So this is coming off of uh, Eric giving away his immunity. So now you have the three returning players. You have uh, Parvati, Sari, and Amanda, and then Natalie, who's the one fan remaining. Um, she loses the first uh, immunity challenge, uh, the final four immunity challenge, and she she gets voted out. Um, so th- uh, they were, were actually working under the assumption, Sari, Amanda, and Parvati, that it was going to be a final three because that's what it had been in the previous in a bunch of previous seasons. Um, they do find out uh, when they get tree mail, though, that it is going to be a final two, not a final three. And, and they should have actually probably realized this because it was day thirty eight, not. 39 when they found this out so they've never like done they've never not done a challenge on day 38 so uh sari and amanda are kind of arguing with each other um uh, saying that you know uh sari saying amanda wants me out uh amanda saying sari uh amanda thinks that sari wants her out parvati's probably loving this because she knows that if the two people that are that are in the game with her are arguing there's a very good chance that she's going to go to the end um and that's what happens uh sari uh, loses again right before the final tribal council loses the immunity challenge and she is sent home uh and now it is Parvati and Amanda in the end. And this was right after Survivor China, where Amanda had her very famous, uh, like, uh, you know, dud of a final tribal council performance. Um, she does it again. I don't I don't know if she would have won, but the, the vote was five to three. It wasn't you know, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout or anything. Um, and Amanda kind of blows in front of the jury and Parvati wins. And the, the only votes that uh, that Amanda got were obviously James and Ozzy, who Ozzy basically claims to be in love with her. And I, I believe it was Jason Siska who gave her the third vote. But Parvati really, really dominated that season. She had that whole girls alliance going. And I think she she was the brains behind the operation along with Surrey. She had a good run. Yeah, yeah, she had it. She had a great run. Yes, Amanda loses her second uh, final tribal council. Yes, second in a row. And um, uh, there is, of course, just one one thing of note in this the final final tribal council. Uh, Natalie Bolton, who may or may not be related to Ruse Bolton, uh, asked a very strange she might question. Might be his, his bastard. Is his no, no, but her last, his, she would be Snow if oh, she was okay. a bastard. Michael Snow is his bastard. Um, but no, she asked a really weird question to Parvati about how uh, if her flirtatious gameplay translates to the bedroom, which I thought is one of the one of the more memorable jury questions for sure. Yeah, and it it, it probably does, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I would assume so. I mean, you know, you know her better than I do, but not not in that way. Yeah. Do you think anybody would have asked that final question to me if I was in the final two? I I highly doubt it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and even though you you did have those uh, those early um, early confessionals of like fantasizing about Heidi, but I don't think that the uh, the rest of the the tribe members in the Amazon saw the little uh, thought bubble that the, that CVS put above your head. That's right. That's right. All right. What else happens week in Survivor history? All right, so this is uh, Token Sheens, and actually this is interesting because uh, Token Sheens has two episodes uh, in this week. Well, it, in 2009, they were on separate weeks, but uh, I'm going by the date, so May 14th, 2009. Just going to mention this really quickly because it's one of the most memorable things to happen in Survivor history. Uh, Coach gets sent to Exile Island at the Final Five. He had specifically asked JT and Steven not to send him because he had asthma. Um, that's what he, that's what he claimed. He, he said he was in no physical shape to go to exile, but JT wins the challenge. He sends him there and obviously coach decides to play it up. He's going to take the monastic approach, which Aaron just, um, you know, Aaron Lobdell kind of accuses him of, of trying to be a martyr. So if he loses the immunity challenge, he'd have an excuse. There might, might be some error to that, but coach goes, has some really great like overhead scenes. He's doing coach Chi. He is uh, talking about all his experiences in the wild. And then he comes, he comes back. He loses the challenge. He's yelling in pain. Doesn't want the doctors to look at him. He recites a poem at tribal council and proceeds to get voted out. And of course he calls Steven the evil wizard in his final words. <laughs> he, is, he is an evil wizard. So, um, very interesting end to coach's game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. Has, uh, has Steven ever tried to like cat, cat, cast any sort of evil spells during survivor? No, it not during the show, but who knows what he does when the show isn't on and Tony could be on to onto something. Oh yeah. He's, uh, he's having too many sleepovers to be onto anything. Though. Yeah. He's on a hunt for the evil wizard. <laughs> Okay. All right. So now moving on to the finale. Uh, so this was obvi- obviously the Sunday, May 17th, 2009. Um, now there's there's four people left. It's Steven, JT, Aaron, and Taj. And it looked like Aaron was probably going to be the next one to go. But JT and Steven decided that Taj was a bigger threat in case she were to win that last immunity. And um, she, because she, everyone, everyone liked her, she probably would have had a decent chance against either one of them. So they take out Taj, uh, who started on their tribe with them. So now with Erin back in the game, there's a really interesting final immunity challenge where it's, I think it was, I, I was trying to look for the article because I remember hearing about this at the time where I don't know if it was John Kerhoffer or if it was one of the, the survivor producers actually saw this game that a kid was playing. And it was a game where you have to like put the ball in this like metal maze and the ball comes out the end and you have to catch it. So I don't remember exactly what the backstory was, but it was pretty interesting. And uh, JT even to the end with him and there was a lot of talk of if Steven won the challenge would he have taken JT or Aaron and he finally admits a try at the final tribal he would have taken Aaron which would have been the right move even though JT was became a very good friend of his you know JT was uh, was by far the biggest threat to win and he proved that by sweeping the jury nine nothing and I can officially say that uh, when I was looking at these tribal councils Steven is the greatest player in survivor history to get swept in the final tribal council there you go put that on your vanity license plate Yes, very good player, very good strategic player. Did not have the best final tribal council performance, though. The greatest player very, to get very no defensive. votes in the final tribal council that they were in. Yep, better than Dreams, better than Cassandra, better than uh, Russell Hans in Heroes vs. Villains. Bet, um, better than Jervis? 
Yes, better than Jervis. Okay. I think so. All right, Jordan, what what else happened? That has to be it, right? <laughs> no, we have we have heroes versus villains. This is May 13th, 2010. Um, we have uh, this is also one of those um, one of those episodes where we have uh, the, the, the two that are actually in the same week. So I just want to mention the, the, the first one. This is where Rupert was uh, voted out. And the reason I really wanted to talk about this one, I actually watched this at a uh, at an event in New York City that took place in a bar where a lot of the former survivors were there. So I actually watched this episode standing next to Russell Hans. Oh, yes. Yeah, so very, really interesting experience. He was a really nice guy, actually, in person when I when I met him, at least. Yeah. And. Um, we, 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 I thought I spoke to him on commercials about like what he was thinking in the situation and got some, some background on the season. Uh, I met JT and Steve, uh, no, sorry, uh, Steven and, uh, Tyson that night. Dave Ball was there. Billy oh my Garcia. God. So it was a really great night, really fun watching the episode with all these people. And of course, when I got home, I had to watch the episode again because I heard probably a quarter of what was, uh, what was going on being that it was a pretty loud bar. Okay. All right. So what happened, what happened in the actual season? Okay, in the actual season, I, like I said, uh, Rupert goes home. Um, Russell kind of starts to uh, to really get people to hate him in this episode because uh, he's calling Sandra and Parvati stupid. Uh, sitting around, there's a, I have a famous scene of him sitting around the fire, which is a, a lot what a lot of people point to about his failed social game in Survivor Heroes versus Villains. So now we get to uh, May sixteenth, two thousand ten. Um, we have Parvati, Sandra, Russell, and Jerry still in the game. Uh, the uh, so four four villains at the end. Um, actually, and and uh, Colby is still in the game too. So they get rid of Colby at the beginning of the episode. No 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 real surprise. Um, and then they get rid of Jerry. So pretty interesting that uh, Colby and Jerry go back to back. Uh, eighteen seasons after their their original run. Um, so now we have a final three of Russell, Parvati, and Sandra. Before Tribal Council, Sandra, of course, burns Russell's hat. Um, and Russell's not too happy about losing his hat, but he didn't really know what happened at the time. So in the final Tribal Council, um, it was pretty obvious that it was either going to be Russell or uh, or Sandra who won the game. Be uh, Sorry, sorry, Parvati or Sandra who won the game because Russell was getting berated by the jury the whole time. And it ends up that Sandra takes it. She wins her second uh, her second season in only two seasons playing the game, and she's the only person to ever to ever win too. Congratulations, Sandra, winner yes. of Survivor: Blood versus Wars, Heroes versus Villains. All right, yes, that's Heroes, that, that's it, right? No, we got we got Redemption Island, Rob. Okay. This is May 15th, 2011. Um, so Andrea Belke, Miss Survivor, re-enters the game. All right. And then she is voted out of the game once again. After Andrea gets voted out, uh, Boston Rob wins the uh, the final immunity challenge. And this is where uh, Jeff said that he's literally carrying his entire family on his back. They vote out Ashley. So he takes Natalie White and uh, Philip to the end. And when you take Natalie, not Natalie White, sorry, Natalie Tenerelli and Philip to the end, when you take those two, you're going to win. So Rob won the game eight to one because Ralph, for some reason, voted for Philip. Um, for yes, fire, fire, file. <laughs> yes. So Rob, Rob finally wins after uh, in his in his fourth season. Congratulations, Boston Rob. Very very good. So everyone everyone's winning this uh, on this this uh, this week in Survivor so history. So many winners. Yep. 
Uh, and here, here's another great one. Uh, May 13th, 2012, really not too much to talk about in the one world finale, except that Kim did what she did the whole season, which was dominate. Uh, she dictated every single vote that season. Alicia goes, uh, Christina Cha goes to La Cucaracha. Um, she takes Chelsea and Sabrina to the end, which was her main alliance the whole time. And she wins seven two. Sabrina was able to get two jury votes. I was kind of surprised that Kim didn't sweep that one. Who? Oh, she got like what? Troyzan and one of the like Leaf she got or something. Leaf, I believe. I believe it was Leaf. Yeah, I think those are the two. Those guys Definitely. are on the wrong side of history. Yes, they. Yes, they are. Okay. The Congratulations, Kim Spradlin. Yep, and one more one more season to talk about, Rob. It's Survivor Karamoa in May twelfth, two thousand thirteen. Um, started off weird. Uh, Eric Reichenbach was medevaced, uh, so the second time this week in Survivor history that he came in fifth place. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, of course, after that controversial uh, Brenda vote. Um, so Cochran actually won a, an advantage in the final immunity challenge, which uh, was a challenge that he wins. So he's going to the end. Um, and they voted out Eddie, who just wanted to start a dog bar. And he was the last bro remaining. Um, so Cochran gets to go to the end with uh, Sherry and Don. And the most memorable moment of this season, I think, is when Brenda is giving her final tribal council uh, question. And she asked Dawn to take out her teeth um, because she's so hurt that, uh, Dawn, that she was able to save Dawn's teeth from the water. And then Dawn broke blindsided her. So Dawn takes him out. We get to see what Dawn looks like without her teeth. Um, Sherry was accused uh, throughout the uh, final tribal of not doing anything to deserve a win. And Cochran sweeps the jury. Yeah. The teeth thing was great. The survivors will be hard pressed to top that uh, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't see anything being being that fiery in this in this final tribal council. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some stuff with Tony, whether he's a juror or at the end, uh, which I'm excited to see. But I don't see anything to the extent of of Don take out your teeth. Okay. And another controversial moment, and this is actually now the reunion show. They only allowed the uh, the jury members and the final three on stage, which I thought was a terrible move. I I mean, what are you gonna say? I mean that who's going to argue that they should have had the pre-jury people in the audience. I mean, they, that was, uh, they tried something. It didn't work out. I, I don't think we have to worry about it again. No, I'm, I'm happy they haven't done it since. And I mean, it's really like, you know, you're, when you, you're putting these people in the audience and yeah, they didn't do as well in the game, but they were still, you know, they were still a part of what, of what happened and you're kind of treating them like viewers, which I mean, they were viewers for some of the season, but they were also contestants. So I, I mean, really strange decision and they said it was because of the size of the stage which kind of sounds like crap yeah um you know it happened what are you gonna do you know um the yeah it, it happened this this week in survivor history this on this week in survivor history all right jordan you've outdone yourself uh today i believe this is the first time we've ever had an exit interview go over an hour so <laughs> we've broken records this week in Survivor history. Thank you yes. for all your your hard work. You obviously did a lot of research all season long. We really do appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. I've had a lot of fun with it, and I'm very excited to start doing the uh, the fall seasons next year. Okay. All right. We'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yep. Talk to you soon. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Jordan Kalish here 
on this week in Survivor History. Super size exit interview here today with everything that we've covered. And so now we begin the wait until my podcast gets posted with John Cochran and answering your voicemails with the First Lady of Podcasting. And hopefully it is going to be another really, really fun show. I've been very, very proud of how all of the Thursday recap shows have come out this season. I think this has been the best season that we've had of doing the Survivor podcast, and I'm really glad. It sounds like from you guys that you are also uh, appreciating them. So it's been a very, very fun season. If you can't wait for the Cochrane podcast and you haven't yet listened to it, I did a really, really fun interview with a guy, Jason Somerville. He is a poker pro, and he's doing a lot of really cool things as a podcaster about poker, and he's a really big deal in the poker world. He's a big Survivor fan, and he's been listening to RHAP over the last couple of months, and he reached out to me. He's also from Long Island, and he wanted to talk about everything that's going on from this season, and we talked a lot, not not too much about Trish, but we talked a lot in the, our podcast about Tony and Spencer and cast and i don't think too much of that conversation is outdated after this week's episode so if you want to go back and check that out and you don't have to know anything about poker to enjoy this show that's also on rob has my interview with jason somerville so check that out if you haven't yet you will definitely enjoy it if you enjoy all of the Survivor and the RHAP. All right, that's going to do it here for me. Make sure you're locked in. Rob has a website.com slash iTunes or Rob has a website.com. Click the podcast tab. See all the different ways to subscribe. I'll be back later with Cochran and have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. <laughs>